Julie. Hey, Julie. Welcome to Hey, Julie, a podcast about the Oscar season. Yes, and many cultural happenings, pop cultural happenings, I should say, during that season. We are like 30 days out-ish from a new season of Survivor, so there's 30 more days of us talking about nonsense. Yes, and I think some people actually do enjoy that. Some people certainly do. <laughs> it is definitely a population of some. Not, <laughs> not <all>. many. <laughs> not, not many. The full population. <laughs> but okay, some. He- here's what's on the docket today. Yes. Oscar nomination reactions. And we've also, Danny yes. and I have seen a number of Oscar nominated Oscar nominated films in the last two weeks. Yeah. MILF Manor. <laughs> we have watched collectively more than one episode of MILF Manor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want to talk about this Last of Us show that people tend to like. And we have multiple emails to read. Multiple Uh, emails and a couple other films. Yeah. Okay. So I just don't even know. Where should we jump in? Just start with Oscars? Oscars, yeah. Yeah. The Oscars. The nominees came out. And there were some shocking, not omissions, inclusions, I guess we should say. So let's just start with that. Lead actress... In a, oh, sorry. Actress in a leading role. Kate Blanche, Tar. No, no problem with that. Anna de Armas in Blonde. Sure. No. Whatever. No one saw that. No, one <laughs> no saw that. I saw the first Everyone little bit Everyone just that. wants to kiss Anna de Armas. So they're like, well, maybe if I nominate her, she'll give me a little peck. I can see. I understand that. And I think she's very talented. She honestly has such a charisma and it factor and everything, everything she does. But this, I hate giving Marilyn Monroe biopics any attention, especially this one. This one was so bad. So that is a flop nomination. Then we get, this is the real juice here. Okay, here we go. Andrea Riseborough to Leslie. Who? (laughs) What? Huh? And now Uh, this is where things get juicy. We got a relevant menchie. (laughs) <laughs> from Sir Duke. Can't wait for the pod to rebrand as an Andrea Riseborough <laughs> fan pod called Hey Leslie. Oh, is it Andrea? I have no idea. I, I have much like I don't know how to pronounce Andrea Riseborough's name. I couldn't pick Andrea Riseborough out of a lineup. And I've seen her in multiple things. You tweeted the other day. Yes. From the at Hey Julie BB account. <laughs> I am now rooting for Andrea Riseborough. Yes. To Leslie Hive, where are you at? Four yes. exclamation points. Explain yourself. Explain what is the going reason on I on our Twitter that. feed. So the reason I tweeted that is because this is the controversy of the year so far until the Oscars happens and hopefully someone else gets slapped. But the controversy so far is that for some reason, the, you know, Sometimes there are dark horse nominees and even winners, you know, like Marissa Tomei, Adrian Brody and the pianist, whatever. But usually it's a lot of same old, same old nominees, especially for the Oscars. But this nomination came out of nowhere. And, you know, Hollywood loves a a sordid tale. So investigative entertainment reporters have started sniffing around and have uncovered a plot so nefarious from the Hollywood elite to 
use their Nepo baby statuses <laughs> to get Andrea Riseborough a nomination for Two Leslie. Two Leslie grossed something like $25,000. <laughs> like, it did not make any money. Nobody saw this movie. No one knew it except for, I guess what happened, from what I can tell, is that the director of Andrea Riseborough's film, Two Leslie... <laughs> is married to an actress named Mary McCormick. Mary McCormick Mary from McCormick. the West Wing. Mary McCormick. <laughs> and she's on like one of those USA shows like Burn Notice or like well, listen, something like that. Mary McCormick has a lot of deep ties to Hollywood, it seems, that you would she's, perhaps yeah. not have guessed earlier. She's friends with Howard Stern. Because she was in private parts to film. So she got Howard Stern to start talking about this movie. Can you imagine Howard Stern talking up to Leslie on his radio show every that'd be, morning? That would be wild. That would be wild. <laughs> but I get, and then like calls her friends Gwyneth Paltrow and, you know, some actual A listers to say, hey, we all love. Meet the Fablemans or whatever it's called. <laughs> but you know what? We should all rally behind this little movie with a fabulous performance that my husband just so happened to have directed. And so all these A-listers started making posts. And it's like this grassroots campaign from Hollywood, from big time Hollywood stars to, for some reason, get Andrea Riseborough an Oscar nomination. And That's it worked. It? That's it. But so now the Academy is like looking into it. They're like, this is fraudulent, <laughs> um, which I just think is so funny. People are making this into like a bigger issue of, you know, privilege in Hollywood. The fact that I think it's the fact that this woman, Andrea Riseborough, got nominated and say, I guess Viola Davis got snubbed and then someone else got snubbed. I'm not sure. I haven't seen all the rest of these movies. I didn't see The Woman King with Viola Davis. And I for sure did not see Two Leslie with Andrea Riseborough. But so there may it's being turned into like this bigger deal. I personally think it's hilarious. So the, was the issue is that people were like colluding behind the scenes. Like, let's all vote for our friend Andrea. Yes. Yes. There was Isn't collusion. that how this works? Exactly. That's why I think it's so funny. I, I mean, it's especially funny because it's such a small film. It's like no one. I mean, I get. But the thing is, I guess they've been hosting little like Hollywood watch parties to watch this movie and be like, see, she's great. Vote for her. Isn't that, I'm sorry, isn't that what we already do? That's what I'm saying. I I've don't been to see these, the not problem. like at Gwyneth's house, <laughs> but there are all these like screenings of little weird movies. And then the act, I showed up, I got like this weird invite to when Whiplash came out, it was like, watch Whiplash at this weird little theater and J.K. Simmons will like wave at you guys and ask and yeah. answer a couple questions afterwards. Right. All of that is like, it fills in with like, Losers like me, and then like if there are two actual real voters there, then it's like worth. Then it's worth it. Yeah, I don't. I, I, just I don't, don't. How is this separate from what already happens? Like, isn't it already full of like campaigning and stuff? Exactly, exactly. I I really don't understand the difference aside from the fact that like instead of it being have studio money behind it, that's where the grassroots. I'm doing finger quotes aspect okay. came out of like. Instead of that, it's just like Mary McCormick's friends. So instead of 
Harvey Weinstein using company money to literally yes. like bully and sexual sexually violence people into voting for Pulp Fiction or yeah. whatever. It's just yeah. like people DMing Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. Or she's DMing other people being like, you know, you get to vote for a few people. Why don't you throw my friend Andy in there? Yeah. And I just don't I I imagine it's been like that every other year. It just so happens that it's like such a small movie and truly no one knows who the hell Andrea Riseborough is. I feel bad for her because now this is going to be her (laughs) legacy. This is the best thing that's ever happened to her. Here's the thing. I need to talk about Andrea Riseborough for a while. Not for that long. Yeah, I think most of us, correct me if I'm wrong, I think most people were introduced to AR in the film called Birdman. Mm. Right? That was the first time I noticed her in anything. I was like, who (laughs) is this person? Because everyone, I know everyone else in this movie. Ed Norton, Emma Stone, Mike Keaton. All these people are in this movie. And Andrea Riseborough is like the fifth or sixth lead in this movie. I've never seen her before. And when I saw her in this movie, I was like, I've never seen her before, and this is what Andrea Riseborough looks like. She looks <laughs> like this. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I mean, I really couldn't tell and you. Then yeah. She was in like an episode, she's like the lead of an episode of Black Mirror. <laughs> like, mm. That's not Andrea Riseborough. <laughs> How and I yet? was wrong, because yeah. that was. <laughs> she looks completely different in every single movie and every single photo of her. She is the yeah. true zealot of our times. She's a chameleon for sure. She's a, for sure. She has weird chameleon eyes too. You know, yeah. the ones that, that kind of look like a little like camera <laughs> lenses. <laughs> yeah. Like popping I mean, around. I, yeah. Good for her. But for something her. about like, something about her is like very confusing to me because I cannot tell. I cannot tell what she looks like in anything ever. I think this honestly is in her favor, though, because this makes it seem like she's actually probably is a phenomenal actress who deserves the nomination. I have not seen this film. You know what I did see now that I'm looking at her IMDb? I saw Mandy 2018 co-starring Nicolas Cage. She plays the titular Mandy. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, she's fabulous. In it. <laughs> she's good and stuff. She's always like she's crying really and stuff. <laughs> no, in Mandy, she's like an ethereal, just like, be- has a beautiful, but very small life. But she lives in space too, in a way. I don't know. It's great. Mandy's a great movie. Um, can't It defies explanation. But I, you know what? I That's why I'm rooting for... Andrea Riseborough in Two Leslie. And I might even give That's this a movie a watch pick. now. No, That's I want to watch it. I almost it. watched it last night because you tweeted from our account. <laughs> we have people tweeting at we have so many people. I think there's more. There's more than one Andrea Riseborough <laughs> tweeting our fucking mentions. <laughs> yeah, here's another one from at Freddie N. Brooks. Were Viola Davis and Danielle Deadweiler snubbed in favor of Andrea Riseborough and yes, Andrew, and, right. and Armas? That's the other one. Danielle, that's the other snub people are talking about. Danielle Deadweiler. She Danielle was Danielle Deadweiler, which is a great film. She is, I didn't see that film. Yeah. Danielle Deadweiler is a fucking amazing actress. Uh, I, Again, have, I couldn't tell you what she looks like. <laughs> she is in like two episodes of Station Eleven, one of my favorite shows from last year. Or mm-hmm. two years ago. And okay. she is so incredible in these two episodes. It's like one of the best acting performances I've ever seen. 
And, yeah, uh, no, I don't know her. I haven't seen her in anything, I don't she's, think. She's great. I support. So, yes, she's they were snubbed. Name. Yes, yeah. they were snubbed. Anyone who's like, we're dead in their name? That's awesome. Yeah, it is cool. Brent, um, dead foot. But you know what, you guys? Maybe they were snubbed. I don't think we should be mad just at Andrea Riseborough and her friends. What about Anna de Armas and Blonde? What about Michelle Williams in The Fablemans? The worst, worst. <laughs> this p- performance should have been nominated for a Razzie. This is the worst performance well, set on film maybe ever. And I she's nominated. This, I haven't seen this movie yet, but my assumption of her performance is the entire time she's like, oh, come on, little Stevie, make the movie that's in your heart. Yes, pretty and much. And she just does that for two hours. It's so, it's grotesque, her performance in this film. <laughs> it honestly reminds her, me, you know, um, Grey Gardens? Yeah. Those ladies? Yeah. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah. That's why I did it's, that voice. It's disgusting. <laughs> so I just think everyone, sh- don't be mad at Andrea Riseborough, who's just trying to get ahead in this world. Be mad at Michelle Williams Here's for doing the thing. a disgusting performance. <laughs> We're being mad that like someone dropped like a little, one little candy wrapper <laughs> in like a nature preserve. Yeah. Because none of these people are going to win. Kate yeah. Blanchett's going to win. And if Kate Blanchett doesn't, no, well, doesn't win, Yeo's it's Michelle Yeoh's going to win. Gonna win. No, yeah, but. I don't think, I think it's Michelle Yeoh's year for sure. Akhtar is like the best acting I've seen in a movie. I, so we're renting it tonight. I'm okay, finally well, going to see it. Let us know. Good time. We, we've chimed out this podcast well. Um, <laughs> I watched, speaking of movies that are nominated for actor in a leading role that no one has fucking seen. Yeah. I watched a movie called After Sun last night starring right. Paul Mescal. Paul Mescal, who is, I guess, has been dumped by Phoebe Bridger. Oh, my gosh. Because now um, she's with Bo Burnham. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I think. Anyway, go on. Um, He's been in a, he's like a, like a hot Scottish guy. He was and in. And he's red hot right now. He's in all, he's an artsy hottie right now, you know? He, I guess, was recently cast as the lead in a Gladiator sequel directed yeah. by Ridley Scott. Yeah, this works for, that works for me. I, uh, anyways, nominated for best actor in this movie. And a lot of people really love this movie. This movie is all vibes. And the vibes are going on a vacation in the year 1996. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was not. A, I'll just be honest. I was not a fan of this movie. Was he good in it? Sure. It was a very non-acting performance. It was very right. like. What's good about the movie is that no one is acting in it. No one is acting in it. Everyone's just like. I'm you're not, there. You're just yeah. there with this man and his his daughter, and they're on vacation. And the entire movie is just all the mundane moments of being on a weird vacation in the year 1996. Yeah, You're at the I luau just... and they play the Macarena. You play a little bit of arcade <laughs> games. You sit by the beach. You you know, the hotel, you know, has some things about it. You're like, oh man, there's weird construction going on next to the hotel. All the little weird moments that yeah. happen when you're on a vacation, that's what this movie is through the lens of a young girl. Yeah, I'm just not for that. No, for an Oscar it, nominee. No, and like Austin Butler changed his voice permanently, permanently <laughs> to play Elvis. I think that should be rewarded. 
Okay. Yes. Not just That's Paul commitment. Mescal going to Cabo or wherever the hell the movie's set. Brendan Fraser got fat. And ex- <laughs> I don't think he did. Years. <laughs> I don't think he did actually. I think this isn't there a lot of CGI and what? I don't know. I haven't seen that movie. <laughs> okay. Anyways, I, I I give the movie like a lukewarm, luke cold thumbs down. It was very boring. Yeah, I'm I'm really not in a rush to see that. If I'm going to see an after movie, I want to see After Yang, starring other nominee. Speak about a movie, talking about a movie that was really fucking boring and also bad. Oh, okay. After Oops. Yang, sorry. <laughs> well, sorry, Colin not like that. Farrell. I did not care for that film either. I want to talk about... Bill Nye? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I want to talk about some snubs. Okay, go ahead. I think there were two ludicrous snubs <laughs> this year. that could have been nominated for Best Picture. Okay. As always, I end my year being like, I think I just like foreign movies better than American movies. Yeah, that's fair. Two movies that were snubbed from Best Picture could have been nominated and snubbed from Best Foreign Film were, mm-hmm. which we've talked about one, RRR. Yes. RRR oh, is wow. incredible Big snub. Movie. Big snub. It got nominated for Best Song. It won Best Song at the Globes. Hell, it might win it for Best Song It had to have again. not been eligible. They better bring those two guys out to do yes. the fucking dance. <laughs> yeah. At the thing. They better. Yeah. The second movie, and I watched this a couple of days ago, is called Decision to Leave. Mm. It is a Korean film. Mm. And people were like, oh, people, this is kind of top, a lot of top movies. It is by yeah. Park Chan Wook, who directed um, Old Parasite? Boy. What? Parasite? No, that's no. It's Bong Joon Ho. Oh, Bong Joon Ho. Sorry. Racist. (laughs) Excuse me. It just sounded familiar. That's why. Well, this guy's probably the other most famous Korean director. Anyways, did uh, The Handmaiden. Anyways, uh, this movie, Decision to Leave. I think you might like it, Danielle. I think our audience might like it as well. Because it is. I thought it was just like going to be one of those movies where like people are staring out of like windows and it's raining and yes. they're just crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie Which is weird love. and horny as hell. Ooh. It is. I don't even really want to. Don't even really want to like spoil much of the plot. I will just say it is a police detective movie where mm-hmm. all the leads are horny. Okay. I'm good so with that. Check it out. The first hour is like weirdly hilarious. The second hour, <laughs> then you're just like, you're locked in and it, you know, goes to yeah. other places. It's a good movie. I, that's, wow, great, great analysis. The movie is good. <laughs> other movies are well, bad. I can tell you don't want to give too much away. No, but anyways, I'm upset about the two snubs of the year, I think, were RRR and Decision to Leave. Well, let me tell you about a non-snub. Let me tell you about a deserved nomination and hopefully a win. It's a little movie, best picture, Avatar, The Way of Water. James Cameron deserves this win. All these other movies, I'm sorry. When you, first of all, All Quiet on the Western Front. Who cares? Are you fucking kidding me? Who cares? Banshee's Vinisherin, we're over it. Elvis? We already have a donkey movie this year. (laughs) It's called EO. 
That took RRR's spot. <laughs> Elvis, I would accept. Everything Everywhere probably will win. I accept that too. The Fablemans, I'll die. I will die. Tar, haven't seen it. Top Gun, great film, but not as good as Avatar. Triangle of Sadness, again. Thumbs up from Brett. Thumbs up, but not best pick. First, and it's the first movie to see women that I know of that's been nominated for best picture that has a 30-minute sequence of people vomiting and shitting on the floor. That happens in Avatar too. Oh, yeah? No, I'm kidding. Is that the way water? <laughs> they had to get water in there to wash all the vomit away? <laughs> no, but there is a lot of Pretty really fun sequences. Tell me about Avatar 2, because I'm probably not going to see this movie. And you? I saw it in theaters, as one should. Here's the thing. I 3D. This movie came out so... No, 4D. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it <laughs> in the dump theater. dump water. You sit in a bucket of water. <laughs> I wish. I saw it in the theater where, like, they projected the film on the sides, sidewalls, too. What the fuck? So it's, like, extra widescreen. But honestly, it was so... It was, like... We only went to that one because that was the time we could see it at. It did not add anything to the experience. In fact, it was very weird when it happened. Did it add it like two dollars per ticket to the experience? Oh, I'm sure as they well? did. I'm sure they did. I don't know. I didn't pay for it, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> but it this movie. Yes, is it long? Of course. Is it heavy-handed? Yes. But that doesn't take away from the fact that James Cameron is batting one hundred. He one thousand. 1,000, sorry. He just knows how to make a fucking movie. I can't remember, and I saw Top Gun in theaters, okay? But even oh, in I Top know. Gun, there weren't multiple points in the film where the audience hoots and hollers, laughs, cries hysterically. Like, this is a movie. And I just think that should be rewarded. It did. They nominated it for Best Picture. I know, but it should win. And I, you know what? It, it is making win? billions of dollars. <laughs> it's making multiple billions of dollars. And I love that for James Cameron. People always count him out. Why? Just because he takes a long time to make movies? It's because he's working so hard. And you can tell. Because it Cause looks Because he's weird. Because he lives in a boat under the sea. Because he keeps <laughs> divorcing his wives. He is obsessed with water. Yeah. He named the movie. The way of water. I also did not remember because this movie, the first one came out so long ago, how like hot they make the avatars. Yeah. They, these avatars are ripped and they are sexy. Oh yeah. And they are trying to get with each other. Oh yeah. Well, you got Winslet <laughs> playing one of them. So, you know, there's a little, there's yes, something which on. I didn't realize. I mean, during the whole movie, I was going insane being like, who the hell is voicing all of these people? Or I guess acting them too, because their bodies are also, they make yeah. them wear all those little balls and yeah. <laughs> run around. I don't know. It was very good. It's just heartfelt. It's funny. I don't know who could see that, who could see Avatar The Way of Water and not have at least two or three moments where you're just like cheering for the good guys, hating, like cheering when the bad guys get their just desserts. Like it, it really makes you feel that way. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know who could learn a lesson from James Cameron? Stevie Spielberg? Mm, I wouldn't go that far, but the Marvel universe. Oh, yeah. I think Stevie's a great director. I think he has that in him. Just he flocked with the Fablemans. They introduced in Black Panther 2 a whole underwater people thing. Hmm. There's all underwater people now. And there's a kind of a hero of them 
Mm-hmm. Then they kind of like side backdoor introduced in this movie. He's like kind okay. of a bad guy, but like by the end, you're like, oh, this guy's gonna get his own movie for sure. They should have Jimmy Cam's yeah. direct it. And it's not Aquaman? It's Namor. Aquaman is a Batman. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Aquaman is a Batman Superman. Namor is the same guy, but he's a this Spider-Man not... Iron Man. Namor is his name. Namor. <laughs> like a fake name when someone's asking the name in a movie and the guy has to quickly make up a name my name is name more <laughs> like it does not actually yeah. cannot be the name of a superhero why sorry. didn't they just call him water boy <laughs> <laughs> sorry but a bunch of guys who were doing acid in the 60s invented this and now we have to deal with the fucking comeuppance here in the 2020s thanks boomers like everything yeah. else, um, any other hits or flops from Oscars? No, no. I mean, it's fine. Like, it's fine. I, I really liked everything everywhere all at once when it came out. I just I think it's thought, too sad. I also thought, man, this movie's going to be really hard to watch multiple times because mm. there's so much fucking explaining of what is happening in this movie because the plot is so crazy and just like understanding like yeah the mechanics of why he has to chew an entire tube of chapstick to like leap to the new universe or whatever All right there's just so much of that that I'm like this movie's kind of bogged like the first time you watch it you're like oh, I need all of this to understand what is happening, but I think it's going to be a little bit just repetitive the second time or and third time you watch this movie. So I did watch this movie for a second time somewhat recently, and I was right. I was like, man, there's a lot of like <laughs> explaining what the fuck is going on <laughs> in this movie because it's so yeah. convoluted and crazy, and I understand. I still really, I still really liked it, uh, I don't know. I'm just like beginning to sour on it over time because I'm like, I'm just oh. not finding it. I'm just oh. not finding it. Like The backlash begins. No, I mean, I'm not saying it's bad. It's like a really great movie. I, I, anyone who hasn't seen it, like go watch this movie. It's unlike anything you've ever seen. And especially all the stuff it leads to towards the second half of the movie is really great. I, I don't know. It, I was just so much of the exposition just really – I don't know. It's just like I brushed against it and yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I it mean, I support it. you a little. I mean, you know what? And like, I'm really happy too for supporting actress Stephanie Sue. I, I'm sorry. I apologize. But I'm not pronouncing her last name correctly. Like she hasn't been nominated for shit for like any of these other things. And she got the o- Oscar nomination. Like she's oh, fun. just as good in this movie, if not better than Jamie Lee Curtis, who's getting nominated at every sort of thing. So, and both of them got nominated. So I'm, I'm really wow. happy to see, see that. I mean, yeah. Okay. Hey, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. I'm butchering his name. The guy in it is going to win best supporting actor. That's amazing. He's so genuine and lovely. And like every, this guy wins an award at every single thing, like the uh, critic circle of Kansas city. He's winning. And he gives these amazing <laughs> tear, like heartfelt <laughs> speeches. I'm like, this guy's great. Put him in. I can't like, believe Judd so, Hirsch is nominated for me. The fate for me. He's in like two minutes of it. And it's like the worst <laughs> yes. scene of the movie from what I've, everything I've heard. He's honestly, it's no, I don't think it's the worst scene, but it's just, he's in it. It's truly like a cameo. And he's like, 
you know what, Stevie Spielberg, if you believe, <laughs> you'll make the movies, you'll make the big pictures. Yes, that <laughs> I is know, it. it's every scene of this movie and I haven't seen it. Okay. <laughs> okay, from Oscars to... Blockbusters. The, uh, to Blockbusters. Here's a movie that Red already saw and I got to rent. Actually, no, you know what I did? I fucking bought this movie because it was only $2 more than renting it. Megan! Oh, yeah! What'd you think? <laughs> I loved it! It was, you know, it was very different from what I thought, actually. Because it would. Yeah, it's like outwardly, a, it's like a comedy movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's just really fun. And they just are like, no, this is a fun movie. We're actually not a horror movie at all. (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. (laughs) From the first moments of the movie, this movie is like, this is a fun movie. This is a comedy that is like playing the skeleton, playing the hits of like a haunted puppet doll movie. But it is a comedy. It is not one of those. It's like... Yeah, yeah, and that good, was surprising to me. I thought it was going to try to be a little more scary, but I I still liked I liked the direction it went in. I was like this is it's very satisfying when there's a movie who's just like everyone clearly was on board. The writer, direction, performances, everyone was on board of like no, this is the movie we're making. Here's where people are going to laugh. Here's and then they just hit it every time and it's great. Yeah, it was really good. I mean, there could have been more Megan. There could have been more killing. I wouldn't be that surprised. That was my only thing. I was the the first kill happened so late in the movie. Oh yeah, I wouldn't I like, be surprised if maybe Megan two, which is mm-hmm. I am going to start. I am predicting. I've already said this in text messages that Megan two will be M three G four N. Oh. To be like, it's one number more. That's really seven. Or it would be (laughs) M-E-G-4-N. Yeah. Because you know now it's one more than Megan. It's Megan 2. Yeah. But it's also I think that's too complicated. It's going to be Megan 2.0. It's a movie about AI. I don't know. Like, (laughs) it's not an easy subject. They've really set it up very well, too, where it's like the next movie, instead of it being just one Megan, it's going to be like the assembly line of Megans. There's just going to be a whole bunch of them. I don't care. I don't care. I'm seeing that movie. Well, yeah, me too. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying it's great. It's all set up. We're ready to go. Allison William, will she be there? I hope so. I really liked her. Yeah, I really liked her in the movie and I really liked the way she looked in the movie. I mean, she's beautiful, obviously. Oh, yeah. But I just liked that, like, she was wearing a lot of comfy clothes. I actually had the thought. I was like, I wonder if this was originally supposed to be a part for a guy. Because, like, you don't, you very rarely see, no, you see, like, career women getting gifted a baby in movies, I guess. <laughs> There's, like, Baby Boom and uh, other assorted films like that where it's like, career woman has to learn how to have a family because she has to. That's why you're on this earth, woman. <laughs> but but I just liked that she was like very brainy. She wore comfy clothes. I she's, liked it. She's great in it because the character is a beautiful woman who's also a fucking weirdo who does not know how to communicate with people, especially children. And you're like, yeah, that's Allison Williams, baby. And that's who's making that's who's making this tech, too. So yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, they might not be as hot as Allison Williams, but I, yeah, I just liked, I, I liked it. I liked her. I thought the little girl was very good. I thought the Megan was amazing. Oh, yeah. And so two thumbs up. Very enthusiastic. I'm on a, I'm on a run of good content now. I noticed yesterday or a couple of days ago that Megan was already like free to rent. And like this movie came out less than a month ago. Yeah. Smart move. Have it in theaters for two weeks. No one's going to see this movie after two weeks in theaters and then just instantly put it on streaming. That is, that is the move. Yeah. Cause that's what I wasn't going to see it in theaters. I was going to see avatar, but yeah. I bought it now. <laughs> and so I can watch it every yeah. night. I know. Amazing. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's talk about the other thing we both watched, which is The Last of Us. Oh, you watched The Last of Us? Yeah, I watched you, both oh, okay. episodes. I watched both episodes as well. What are you, what are your opinions, Danielle? So I don't I zombie TV shows are not my favorite, not just because it's like they're not hot. Because it's like how many seasons can we do of these zombies just roaming around? Every time you got to get away from those zombies. Okay, so what? But I do appreciate in this show, they are mushroom zombies. I think that's a fun little twist. Well, yeah. <laughs> and I like, I, I think we just have to admit that we live in the era of Pedro Pascal. That's fine. Yeah. I think we just have to give over to it. It's like, he's clearly the new it boy. He's Harrison Ford with a mustache. He is. I he was is like, like, okay. He's like Harrison Ford with like, uh, gosh, fuck, I'm blanking on his name. Harrison Ford with you a mustache. You talk for a second. You talk for a second. Okay. I This is the second TV show I've seen with Pedro Pascal where it's like, it's Pedro Pascal saving a kid, bringing a kid somewhere. It. I do wish Baby Yoda was in this one too, but- you they know. would blow his ass up. <laughs> he looks too much like a fungus. He does look a little fungusy. I and I liked Anna. Okay, how many spoilers can we get into? Quick cue. Uh, I think I it should care. be fine. I mean, it's the it's second like, episode. Exactly. Well, I mean, that's kind of my spoiler. I was going to say Pedro Pascal is like Burt Reynolds mixed with Harrison Ford, mm, but on your TV. Mm -hmm. I can see that. In the first episode, Pedro Pascal, they gave him the line, I'm 35 years old. I, <laughs> I bumped against this as well. I was explaining this scene to my friends at dinner the other night because I didn't know how old Pedro Pascal was. Me and neither. I didn't know, spoilers for the show, whatever, who cares? It happens in the 21st, 20 minutes. First 20 minutes of the first episode takes place and then there is a 20-year time jump. For the yeah. into the like the main part of the show, so I was not aware that that, that happens. So in the first scene, when Pedro Pascal sits down to breakfast and his daughter's like, "Happy birthday, Daddy! How old are you turning today?" And he's like, "36." <laughs> yeah, I was I like, immediately, Whoa, immediately, <laughs> your boy's turning 36 this year. I don't look as good as Pedro. No. But also, I don't no look as does. old as Pedro. What is happening? Also, is yeah. Pedro Pascal like 38? Yeah, I immediately hit IMDb. I had to find answers like to this. He's like 47. Yes. And I was like, okay, they're not allowed to ha give him that line when he clearly is clearly is older than 36. Well, I He's mean, I guess it's because 50. 
I guess it's because now in for the bulk of the show, he plays a 56 yes. year old yes. man. So it's fine. It's fine. I made amends with the show. Yeah. yeah. No, no, it's totally fine. I'm, gl- I'm so but- happy you and I noticed the same exact thing <laughs> about the show. Well, it was very upsetting. And then the other very distracting thing in the first 20 minutes of the first episode is his daughter is played by Tandy Newton. So, (laughs) well, it's Tandy Newton's daughter. Oh, shit. But she looks exactly like Tandy Newton. I was just like, I cannot get over the, like, I know she's supposed to be Pedro Pascal's daughter, but I'm sorry. She's Tandy Newton. And I do not believe Tandy Newton was born to Pedro Pascal. We love, we love Tandy in this We do, and we support her. But like, you know. It's a very specific, un- unbelievably, like, this girl hit the fucking lottery when it comes to genetics. Not like, like, Tandy Newton already hit the lottery. And so now it's passed down, and she's just her mom's twin, and I was like, I can't. She was a perfectly good actress, perfectly good Nepo baby, but I just could not stop thinking that I was watching the star of Mission Impossible 2. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. What a, so, what a sexy And Westworld. Film. Oh, yeah. yeah. But um, I liked the show. I still like it. I'm going to watch it. I'm okay with this. We need a good, juicy Sunday night show. And so I think this works. Okay. Here we go. You brought up zombie TV shows and, yes. like, not really feeling it. Yeah. And after one episode, I was like, okay, maybe I can do a zombie TV show. Yeah. And by the end of the second episode... I'm like, I'm pretty out on zombie TV shows because I know what <laughs> it fell into the same routine that I know is going to happen every episode the rest of the season. And it's every episode right. of every zombie TV show where they go to a new town. Mm-hmm. There are some human people there. There are some zombie people there. Yeah, The zombies are going to attack once or twice an episode. The, the human person is either going to be a good guy human person or a bad guy human person. Maybe they yeah. become friends. Maybe they share a little bit of insight or knowledge into the world. Give them a mm. key tool, something to advance mm. the plot. Then they learn, yes. oh, they got to go someplace else. And that, but, you know, but we're not going to go in there yeah. this episode. And you know what happens at the end of, the, of each episode? The zombies come and they eat the new person who we just met. <laughs> yes. And because we just because Anna Torf just died. So we've we run out of people already because I know the girl's not going to die because she's immune and they can't kill Pedro Pascal until the last episode. So we've already done this like in two episodes. It's like <laughs> we got to go to this town. Oh, let me teach you something about something that's about to happen. Oh, no, the zombie ate me. Time well, for you to go to a new place. Yeah, what uh, I think they're going to do is go yeah. back in time a lot and show oh God. the before time Who cares? more. I don't well, know. Some like, people care. <laughs> some people do. This <laughs> what I don't know. It, for me, it was like, oh, this is just, it's a definitely a high class version of the same. It's like, which is fine. Trust me, I'll buy it. I'll eat it. This is like when you go to the hotel restaurant and it's like the $24 grilled cheese with like artisan bread yeah. and like crazy Truffle. cheese. And the cheese is like yeah. burnt onto the outside of the bread too. Mm-hmm, Still mm-hmm. Grilled, grilled cheese sandwich. And it's a bad comparison because I like grilled cheese sandwiches. <laughs> and I'm saying that I don't really care for zombie shows. So right. I, I don't know. I don't really care for this because it it's the same, it's the same crap as the other zombie show that I don't watch. 
which right. is uh, they go to a town, they meet some people. Oh no, they all dead. We have to we have to go to a new town. Yeah, and that's just what this is very clearly aiming up to be. Maybe I'm wrong, and it is certainly the Mercedes Benz version of that. But ultimately, it's like. That is kind of boring to me. And my favorite show from a year or two ago, Station Eleven, is like playing with the same themes of like 20 years after the apocalypse, what matters to humanity. But that's like yeah. about people and like humans and art. And yeah, I care about that. I don't care about like, oh no, the guy we have to blow up a zombie's head. Yeah. That's that's like really boring to me. So well, this is based on a video game. I'm aware. So, yeah, it's, I don't know, I'm not a gamer, unlike you, Brett. You're a gamer girl. (laughs) I wish, but I'm not. So maybe there are video games based on culture and appreciating art, but I don't think this one was one of them. I think this one is like, let's shoot the zombie, extra points, if you get them in the mushroom head. That's what I think. I'm still going to watch. It's only one season. I can handle one season. I can't, I don't know what people were on to watch eight seasons of Walking Dead. Plus like Talking Dead Dead and Fear the Walking Dead. And then whatever the hell new Walking Dead spinoff is coming, which I know, I know it is. Yeah. I don't know what people were on. Like how many times you have to see someone being like, shh, shh. And then like, oh, there's the zombie. And like, oh, no, he bit me. <laughs> like, You guys go yeah. ahead. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen this so many times. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think it's all, I don't know. It's pretty boring. So. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, this they is make well little made. changes. Yeah. They make little changes. Sometimes the zombies are slow. Sometimes they're fast. Sometimes they got mushrooms in the blood. <laughs> sometimes they got. Much it. Uh, yeah, like, exactly. It's. <laughs> If you like that, that's fine. That's fine. And like, you just kind of want to play with the like different, it's like a roulette wheel and it's like, Mm -hmm. or like a jackpot of the slot machine or whatever. And it's like zombies, but they're mushrooms and uh, it's 20 years in the future or zombies, but they're uh, bacteria and it's 20 years in the past Uh, zombies, but they're fast and uh, it's the 80s. I don't know. Like, yeah, you woke up in the hospital, zombies, (laughs) but you're in the cabin in the woods, whatever. I'm going to keep watching it for now because there's like nothing else to watch but (laughs) i i am feeling myself like begin to kind of slip away and i might not be in on this much further yeah that's okay um i'll be there watching but you know who really doesn't care about that show our listeners you know what they do care about milfs milfs (laughs) milfs Mana, our notifications are broken for me, so I can't see any of our questions. Elon, okay, I can okay. see our Minchies. Okay, I can see our Minchies. Um, I, there's at least one about Milf, Milf Manor. Um, yeah, there is one here. Okay, there's two. Let's uh, get into. Let me give a little. Oh, go ahead. I just want to shout out the people who have asked us. Yeah, about Milf Manor at yeah. Miles. Mr. LF, Mrs. or LF, I don't know, whatever. We need a MILF Matter premiere thoughts. And then yes. also from being la- being loud, what are your predictions for the MILF son couples? So this is just our entryway. Thank you for the notes. This is our entryway into MILF Manor. Danielle, yeah. you watched the premiere of MILF Manor. I did. I, Brett watched the 
second episode of MILF Manor because that was the only one that was available to like stream on demand. And I was not oh. like setting up and like waiting for the premiere to be available. I was oh, just I watching whatever one. You watched both. You no, just I only watched the, watched the first one. But you know, it is a low quality reality show. There was like a yeah. seven minute previously on. I got the point. I got the <laughs> yeah. point. Our prediction for who's watching the trailer was right. It's the MILFs and yeah. their sons. Like, Honestly, yeah. probably watching the second episode was a better viewing experience for me because I got to understand what the show was rather than a lot of completely needless setup to set up like right. to set the, the chess pieces for an extremely basic concept, which is Mills yeah. and their sons. Yeah. Daniel, what do yeah, you think? Yeah, I'm about curious the show? about the second episode. So the fr- I watched the first episode and I texted Brett that it was sad. It made me sad. Yeah. I don't think that's what they're going for. <laughs> I think that it's a very typical, like Brett said, very hashtag basic reality show where you have like your, your, it's a dating show where, where it just so happens to be women over the age of 45 and their sons and their sons all happen to be interested in older women, I guess. Um, and obviously their sons are younger. So in their twenties, I don't think there are any in their thirties. Oh, I do want to talk about Jose. Oh, is Jose in his 30s? Jose is 28, and he looks okay. like – he's like Pedro Pascal of 28. <laughs> okay. But I was thinking – as I was watching it, so they set up there's like the blonde bitchy contestant, right, who's She's like – She's setting the, herself up to be the sort of like – The villain. Star slash villain slash like right. most talked about sort of person. Yeah, there's her. There's like um, – po- po- Paula, Paula, yeah, yeah, she's like the beautiful woman from Miami who immediately all the guys are like, oh, we want to get with her. But she's like very, she's like very reserved and like she's very kind of traditional and seems the least into this concept at, (laughs) at all. And then, but then there's like Charlene, who's the, she's the one who like when she gets there and she sees the blonde buxom babe she's like oh i've let myself go <laughs> like the, her her character arc is all the women are like mm, just because you get older doesn't mean you have to like get frumpy <laughs> like that was what her intro was like on the first episode mm-hmm. and as i was watching this i just thought to myself this is truly so depressing these are women who have had long lives, who have probably seen some shit, done some shit, you know, had the highs and lows of the human experience at this point. They've all at least had a child, which I can tell you personally is a pretty profound experience. And they've most likely nurtured this child to an older age, so they've been through a lot. But still, in this reality show world, I don't know what I was expecting, it all comes down to like your value as a woman is your looks. Like that's it. That's all you have to offer in this world. And I just found that very, very depressing. Like the fact that these women, there's a 60 year old on here. And like, that's what she's being. That's all she has to offer to these guys. I was just like, you know, they all probably have careers at this point. They've all done something to contribute to the world, even if it is just, I'm doing finger quotes, having a child. But like, yeah. they're still, they still have no power because everything is just up to their looks. And the power is actually with these young idiot guys. 
Like to me, this is very depressing as a concept. Not to mention they're all, I would imagine, I imagine, I imagine they're all single. Like they're not yes. coming on here because they're married. So they, right. at some point, either as an, either when their kid was an adult or even when their kid was a child, like single mother. So working, supporting the child, oh supporting God. yourself, doing so much extra. So I, yeah. I of course didn't look at that through your lens, but I'm, I'm glad <laughs> you, I'm glad you said that. It just, I couldn't I help. Again, I don't know what I was expecting. This is a stupid fucking reality show on TLC. I don't know what I was expecting, but the fact that it just felt like so in this first episode, like here's how I stay hot. And it's so important for me to stay hot because yeah. I guess it's tied to the like MILF, cougar, whatever. Yeah. But I was just like, this is so fucking depressing to think that 30 years from now, as if you don't get it enough when you're a young woman, yeah. like all you have to offer the world is your body, right? That's all we care about. You are, you are just looks, whatever you have in your brain or in your heart does not matter. I just find that very depressing and a terrible message <laughs> for whoever the show was is very watching this. I felt the thought the show was very depressing and bad for a different set of reasons, if you don't mind okay. me going into that. Please. I'm going to put on my Bialystok and Bloom hat because I want to be a producer, <laughs> baby. I yeah. was looking at this through a producer's lens, mm -hmm, which is mm -hmm. the show is very badly made. Yes, it is. The show works in concept mm -hmm. only. <laughs> the show works because yes. it was a throwaway bit on it's 30 Rock. It's a great Rock. pitch. It is it's a, great a great pitch. one yeah. minute trailer that you see on Twitter and you're like, that's amazing. Yes. I'm never going to watch it. So I yes. only watched the second episode. I didn't see any of the setup. I dove into, this is what it's seemingly they're going to do week to week. There is no host of the show. Probes, right. where you at? They couldn't get, yeah, they couldn't get, what's her name? Nick Lachey and his wife, yeah. Vanessa Manillo. There's no pro, there's no host. Like anytime like something needs to happen, like they have to do a challenge or like Big Brother has sent us a thing, they literally text them on their yes. phones. And the most are like, oh, I just got a text on your phone? You can't even come up with like, a cue card or like there's a like, tree mail. There's a like, tree mail. Or Big Brother has said this. Or like whatever. The MILF yeah. coconut has fallen from the MILF tree and revealed a note. Nothing. I got no. a text. <laughs> the MILF tree. <laughs> and yes. I'm just gonna say it. They don't put the MILFs and sons in enough positions to hook up. Mm, yeah. That is what this show should be. It should be yeah. putting the MILFs in one-on-one -on -one situations with not their sons, with someone yeah. else's sons, and yeah. seeing if they hook up. <laughs> and then coming the out of the room, coming out of the room, yeah. having clearly had sex or made out, and then seeing the reaction on the other son's face or the other MILF's face being like, oh yeah. my God. My mom just had sex with this guy <laughs> who I have to eat breakfast with tomorrow. <laughs> and that just doesn't happen on this show. That's all that should happen on this show is putting people yeah. in position. Because we talk about this with Survivor. Because we, we have our complaints with Big Brother. And then every time we get to like, wow, this competition on Survivor, the way this thing played out in Survivor really worked for me. And because you always yeah. come back to this, Danielle, this is your point, which is... Survivor is a good show made by good producers. <laughs> yes. And this show just isn't. Because, like, the point of the show is just to be like, 
get these people liquored up and get them singled off. Get them in pairs yeah. of not with their own mom, with someone else's mom. <laughs> yeah. Put, put them on a, put them on a sexy yeah. hayride. Put them on a yeah. sexy volcano, whatever. And see the other people's reactions <laughs> when they get back. Yeah. And just like, that doesn't happen. These MILFs need to be fucking. Addition, and they're not. I need to describe the challenge that ha- there is a challenge aspect of it. There, that I yes, need to describe one, one what happens in the first episode. Go in ahead. the yeah. second one. They are they are told the night before that they have to write down their deepest, darkest. They get a text. I got a text. <laughs> 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 They're told to write down some of their deepest, darkest sexual secrets. <laughs> I'm like a little slip of paper. And the okay. challenge is the next day, they have to individually, there's a board and everyone's are written on there. And it's like, I had a quickie in a movie theater. I had uh, an orgy with seven people. I slept with my son's best friend. But you don't know who's whose. And you have yeah. to, everyone has to go and pick the one that they, the moms have to pick the one that they think is their sons and the sons have to pick the one they think is their mom. And if they both... <laughs> get it wrong then which is easy to do because there's like 16 fucking people on the fucking thing which is so easy to do if they both get it wrong if they stump each other then they get to go on a date with whoever they want a solo date with whoever they want yeah so all which is like if you're on this show again which you should want to (laughs) do You should want to go on the date and everyone's like trying really hard to get the answers right. And like quite a few of them get the answers right and stuff. And you're like, so this, this competition is both extremely easy to win because there's like a one in 16 chance that you're just picking randomly out of a bunch of these. (laughs) Anyways, a bunch of people got them right. And they're like, yay, I won because I stumped my mom or like I didn't stump my mom or I picked out my mom's one. And now she doesn't get to go on a date with these guys. The whole point, again, getting these people is going on solo dates with people who are not their blood relatives. So they fuck. And it's just, it's just so it's just so badly conceived and produced. And the one thing, good thing that happens is one of them did write down, I slept with my son's best friend. And when they find out who it is, the son legitimately is like <laughs> upset. Upset. He like gets incredibly drunk and is like, he's like a 22 year old processing like the, one of the worst things he could possibly hear. <laughs> and this is like kind of sad. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. This is not like a fun. They, I find it very weird because that's the same thing in the first episode, Brett. The first episode, the competition, the little game they play is the moms get blindfolded and have to feel up the shirtless bodies of all of the guys and then guess which one is their son. So this show is trying really hard to like brush. Like they are not. It's not. What's the word? Oedipal? Oedipus? Oedipal. Yeah. Edipal. Edipal. Yeah. They're just full on trying to trying to be as incest adjacent as they can. But they're doing it in a sort of like we all bought tickets to Thunder Down Under in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's very bachelor party 
but like in or bachelorette party in public where it's like, okay, you go to Thunder Down Under or Puppetry of the Penis you, or Chippendales. You go to one of these <laughs> things and you're like, oh, yeah. there's a hot Australian guy. And I'm like touching his peck right now. Yeah. But then nothing happens because everybody goes home because everyone's in a giant restaurant or a giant theater. People aren't actually going to like touch dicks there. No. This is a reality show. Yeah. <laughs> this, the dick touching needs to happen. So yes. it's all very like, oh, we're so bad right now. I'm feeling a little boy's nipple. We're so bad. Adult boy's nipple. Yeah. Okay, not a little boy. So, and that's the thing. These women are 50. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, they're all, like they're, they're, they're all gross. They're all, first of all, they're all, I'm, I don't mean to like call, like. I know, I know. They're, they're like, they're very like Florida <laughs> women. <laughs> and. <laughs> And then, the, and I should say this too, the one who's like making herself out to be like the star of the show. And she's like, I'm yeah. hor- like I'm 53 and I'm horny. She's the most like outwardly horny, outwardly yes. bimbo-ish, bimbo-estic yes, yes, woman. Yes. A number of the pairs, mothers and sons are bilingual. Pola and Jose, who is 28 and like salt and pepper, all the women are into him because they're like, I bet he's more experienced. Yeah, because he looks like he's 40. Man, like, I know he's 28. You know, sometimes like younger men have gray hair when they're like in their yeah. 20s. He's one of those guys. All the other guys are like very much are 22 years old. And this one is 28, but looks like he's Pedro Pascal, like 48. Which pulls the-, the rug under the show a little bit. Like I, these cougars should really actually be into the younger 22 year olds. So Pola and Jose are, yeah, they're like from Miami. They're both bilingual, English and Spanish. And then one of the other moms and sons, same thing. They're both bilingual, English and Spanish. So they're like talking and like just kind of quick, like, oh yeah, the mom said something to each other in Spanish. That was like completely like, it didn't, that had nothing to do with anything. And your right. girl, the, the one who's like making herself out to be the star of the show, <laughs> Gets yeah. incredibly drunk and goes on a like, you need to speak English here in front of me oh, here God. in Mexico. Oh, They're in Mexico, God. by the way. They're at like a villa in Mexico. <laughs> and like one of the other moms, anyways, two of the moms who were like, you know who's got some points? That Lauren Boebert character is oh, my, my kind of gal. God. Two of the women like very much out themselves as like, we speak English here in Mexico. <laughs> and it, it turns into a whole fucking thing about like yeah. this is we we speak American in America, goddamn it. And it's like oh really gross and bad God. and we hate them. We hate them, right? But Did also not like, expect that from Milf Manor. Yeah. So it turns into that. And like again, nobody's boning. We're yeah. having like we're having like MAGA shit happening now. <laughs> and also like there's oh, the other thing is there's no competition factor there's no winning there's no and there's no voting out right like right i haven't really seen like bachelor in paradise but and love island but isn't everyone just stays there isn't the thing with bachelor in paradise and love island is that there's kind of they're always kind of like reshuffling the deck in terms of who like yeah there's always like you can two men are like leaving and then the next week two women come in and then the next week so they're always reshuffling and if you're not paired up then you're getting the fuck out and yeah. so I don't know if they have to copy that. It adds stakes. It just adds some stakes. Yeah. So there's just like 16 people here who are getting like incredibly pissed off at each other and not having sex with each other. So it's like, what's the point? Yeah. 
It's it's very disappointing. You're you. I think you hit it when you said this is just some things just make great trailers, and that's all they're ever going to be. This show does not have the legs to last my interest to keep my interest for a full season. You know what? I do still need to watch because we're still getting comments. My What's up? Twitter loaded. Good. The Traders, starring Alan Cumming, who gave back his title of. Sir Alan Cumming. Oh, he wow. said he didn't want he said Harry. he doesn't want to be Harry got to <laughs> yeah, him. Team Harry. He doesn't want to be involved with the Well, he's also toxicity. Scottish. He's also Scottish too and I think like I think there's like a legitimate chance in the next 10 years Scotland is going to become an independent country. Yeah, so like, Scotland fuck said it. fuck y'all. Yeah, um but I do want to watch the traders. I keep hearing it as actually so fun, so I got to find a way to watch At it. In Ritchie Canada. Templeman, it's just hard to find. Did you already cover the traders on Peacock because it's sensational? No, we yeah. haven't. Um it also would require me to have Peacock, which I'm hearing great things sorry, about Peacock. Milfs. I want to see Paul T Goodman. I don't know. I don't have any more money. I know, but I do want to see Paul T. Goodman. I hear great things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do we have should some, we read some uh, emails? We should read. We should read some emails at hate. No, hey Julie Big Brother at gmail dot com. We have yeah. two this week. I'll read one. Okay. This is from Delante Harris. So. I really just discovered y'all podcast while watching this most recent season of BB. I love it. The unconventional ways of thinking that goes against the norm. Now, Brett, I know you don't do reality shows, but I would like for you to watch any of these shows and talk about one. Love Island, Temptation Island, The Ultimatum, Love is Blind, Married at First Sight. The toxicity in these shows is very high, which pulls me in even more. Brett, would you ever watch any of those shows? I watched the OG Temptation Island when it came out. Yeah, so did I. I heard about the great. ultimatum. Yeah, ultimatum is great. Married at First Sight is amazing. That's Just, the one on Netflix, it, right? Where they're like in the rooms. No, Married at First. That's Love Is Blind. Married at First Sight is on. I forget, like A and E or oh, TLC. Or I've one seen of Love Is Blind. Like I didn't see a full season. I've watched multiple episodes of it. Married at First Sight. The doctor who's part of the show's like team of consultants. Her name is Dr. Pepper. <laughs> so for that oh, reason alone, 23 herbs and spices. <laughs> for that reason alone, you should watch. All right. I'm continuing the email now. Now, Danny, I just started watching BB at season 23. Of course, I got hooked and decided to start from season one. With all of that being said, I have just finished season eight. <laughs> and you were robbed. But anyway, how's the relationship with your dad these days? Anyway, I just finished the Golden Globes episode. I found it so damn funny that y'all pronounced Jared's name the wrong the entire show. Pretty sure it's pronounced Jared and not Jared. <laughs> Stop saying it. It's Gerard. <laughs> she, even with the phonetics... Spelling. She's still saying, Keep it up. Can I just say thank you so much, Delante, for this? Hopefully, I'm saying Delante right. Delante Harris for this incredible email. It's so good. It's I'm I'm crying, laughing. I I really. There's a huge question. (laughs) I don't mean to disappoint Delante. Delante, first of all, thank you for listening to the show. We love. We love that you love we us. We love you. I, yes. Quote, I love it. The unconventional ways of thinking that goes against the norm. <laughs> Great. That's us. That's us. And you're here for it, Delante. However, 
Do you think, Mr. Harris, <laughs> that Danny is Danny Donato? I think I think it's most likely true that he does. I would like to think that he's just saying me, Danielle Gibson. I was robbed in season eight for some reason. And he's just asking about my relationship with my father who has passed away. <laughs> I, I would prefer to think that, but I do think I hate to disappoint, but unfortunately I am not Danny Donato. Um, I hope you still listen to our podcast knowing that I myself was never on Big Brother. <laughs> He's like, this is a great podcast. They got Danny from season eight and some (laughs) other guy she knows. (laughs) But we really appreciate and we really hope you'll keep listening, even though I'm not Danny Donato. I feel like I was pronouncing Gerard Carmichael's name correctly that episode because I know how to pronounce it. I don't think you were saying Jared, (laughs) like fucking subway guy. Um, thank you for that email. Okay, Brett, do you want to read the other right. email? <laughs> email two, title, My Mermaid Manifesto. <laughs> it's 5,000 words long. No. I'm so pleased to have confused Brett with my previous email about the SIA award. While listening to you read my message, the fame went to my head, and I decided to send more emails with the end goal of eventually overthrowing Spicy Marco BB as your most loved listener. Whoa, that's going to be tough. That's going to be really tough. Shots fired, Spicy Marco. <laughs> I probably forgot. Did not follow through and have since abandoned <laughs> my prior resolve. My new dream. Shots rescinded. Shots rescinded. <laughs> I really hope Spicy Marco paused. Bought the most expensive cameo Presence. on cameo. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, where was I? I promptly forgot. Did not follow through and have since abandoned my prior resolve. My new dream is to simply bring chaos to your inbox and stir the pot while we wait for more Survivor slash Big Brother. I am requesting that that you walk us through your letterboxed accounts assumptions, mermaid, (laughs) letterboxed accounts, and share a few of your lists, reviews, etc. While I know I do not have the lobbying power, I hope that Spicy Marco Marco BB and maybe even the saboteur saboteur (laughs) will join forces with me to demand letterboxed content. I also feel left out that I don't get to have a fun Twitter name because the site makes me anxious. That said, I humbly request that I be referred to as at Mermaid Fantasy. Yours faithfully (laughs) at Mermaid Fantasy. Oh my gosh, I love... (laughs) Yeah. Also, this person, I just want to let you know Mermaid Fantasy. I did not read your your real name. You also left your email signature on that has your (laughs) cell phone number in it and your LinkedIn profile. (laughs) I'm not revealing that. I'm just saying that it's like, we could dox you. We could. (laughs) Don't don't threaten us. Don't threaten us on a good time. (laughs) We will only refer to you as Mermaid Fantasy. This is a great, great email. I personally have reignited my love of Letterboxd recently because some people really do leave great, funny reviews of stuff. So I have I have a Letterboxd and it's just started to get active again. Um, let me try to find some good... How do I find all of my reviews? While I do that, Brett, why don't you explain why you don't have Letterboxd? I signed up for Letterboxd at one point in a sort of pandemic boredom. And I spent an afternoon like giving movies uh, the amount of stars 
that I think they deserve. But I don't, I really don't feel the need to like write a review. Like I, I don't, I don't want to sit down and like type out a bunch of stuff. Like my feelings. Like so that's why I have a podcast is to be like, decision to leave was good. This other movie <laughs> was not good. I, I just yeah. don't have the desire to uh, write stuff. You know, I can talk for 15 minutes about MILF Island and that's fine. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I just don't need another app on my phone, honestly. Like, I don't yeah. want to talk. I don't want to write things. I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to, like, become friends. I'm, like, very interested in the idea that, like, people, like, find their, like, true loves on Letterboxd because they're like, oh, oh. I like to review. Oh, this is my Letterboxd girlfriend or my Letterboxd boyfriend, and now they're engaged. Like, that's the dream is that I meet, like, a sexy movie girl and we can, like, go to the Alamo Ooh, and, and like, yeah. do oh, these yeah. things. But that would require me to to like write reviews on Letterboxd. And um, I just don't, oh. I don't want like another like social media thing on my phone. Like I know it's like not yeah. as toxic as Twitter. I mean, maybe I should just delete my Twitter and like read Letterboxd reviews and write my I own. Just but like I just like it because it reminds me of movies I've seen that I might've otherwise forgot that I've seen. Like I found, I finally found the list Patch of all Adams. the movies. That- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's see. Which one should I read? Um, Okay, how about Citizen Kane? My review of Citizen Kane. I gave it four and a half stars. (laughs) And I said, my review is, it really is that bitch. (laughs) That's it? Um, That's all you have to say about one of the greatest films ever made. Four and a half stars. And it's serving bitch. You don't have to write long reviews. (laughs) I know you don't. You don't have to. You can write whatever you want. I know. What did I say? <laughs> Here, wait, what did I say? Okay, all the president's men. I gave it three stars. And I said, three stars for Robert Redford's hotness, <laughs> which is true. Caddyshack, four stars. A perfect horny summer movie. <laughs> Do you, can people These follow? Are reviews. Can people follow yeah. you on, on Letterboxd? Yeah, you can follow people. Do you want to I give think. out your well, username? Well, you just become friends. I think it's just Ding Dong Danny, okay. what it always is. I think. I think I leave great because I'm succinct. I'm not trying to write. Like you said, I'm not trying to write a blog about this. I'm just trying to give myself, like looking through this, I'm like, oh, yeah, I saw Battle of Algiers. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a lot of movies. <laughs> and it's great to be reminded. So that's what I, those are mine. Um, I hope that was satisfying, Mermaid Fantasy. I hope that was. Well, you got 50% of your wish. One of us is yeah. sassy on Letterboxd. Yes. Um, thank you so much for your emails, for your tweets, for your comments at Hey Julie on Twitter. And nope. it's like Brett said, the email. At hey Julie BB <laughs> on Twitter. Hey Julie Big Brother at gmail.com. Ding dong Danny on uh, Letterboxd. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm still just like tickled pink that someone thought I was Danny Donato. <laughs> Beautiful. You look like the stunning actress, Danny <laughs> Donato. Phillips. You look very busy, Phillips. Um, thank you all so much for listening. We will be back next week. Hopefully we'll see some more stuff. This was a great, great time because we actually watched a lot of stuff. Last week, I hadn't seen it. That's why we, I don't think we did an episode last week. I think both of we us didn't. Are, I, haven't, I haven't watched anything. We haven't, I didn't watch anything, yeah. but now I've seen. Well, I'll try to watch stuff this week so we can tape next Saturday. 
sames. All right. Thank you all. We'll see you next week. Bye, Jeff. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I don't even know who. Milfs. Bye, Milfs. <laughs>